Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. One of the things that I am privileged to do that I don't talk much about publicly uh, is that I coach people from time to time in certain situations on uh, their speaking and on media, on using and handling media. Uh, in other words, I'll help a congressman or a senator. We've worked with rock stars. We've worked with, uh, of course, many politicians. We've worked with authors and uh, other prominent people, and, and our and not just pro- the prominent, but those who really want to be effective. And uh, again, we do basically two things: we help them become better speakers, and we give them media training. Media training basically is uh, helping them to handle uh, the media the way an interview usually goes, and particularly if they're in hot water, if there's going to be some theme to the media, like you know, their child has died or they're coming out of jail or they are uh, famous for a particular good thing or bad thing. The questions will go a certain way and we prepare them and rehearse them and so on and that kind of thing. So I've been watching the conventions of late and I'm very aware of the core principles uh, of of really effective public speaking, things that I assure uh, with the people I work with all the time. And I, I wanted to bring them to you uh, today because many of you are uh, uh, trying to be effective speakers. In fact, all of us need to improve in our public speaking skills. We're living at a time and in a culture uh, where no matter who you are, you may find yourself uh, on TV with a microphone in front of you, uh, even if it's just a you know quick local news report. Uh, anyone who wants to be a leader, anyone who wants to shape culture, uh, anyone who wants to persuade minds and hearts, you are going to have to get good at speaking. And, uh, and there's so much diverse advice out there. Uh, I want to give you some of the simple principles that I have used to coach some of the folks who are pretty well known, most of them, uh, that I've had the opportunity to work with and, and, and I'll work with others in my time. But let me just run through seven or eight principles here, some of which might surprise you. And, uh, and uh, this may help some of you get started. This may help fine-tune others of you. Uh, but I like to keep a practical edge to some of the podcasts that we do, and I think that this will be uh, uh, very timely for some of you, and especially since many of us have been watching more speeches than we ever really wanted to uh, in the Democratic and Republican conventions. Um, the, 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 the interesting thing about public speaking uh, is that whenever you have a survey, whenever you survey people on their greatest fears, um, get, the, the fear of public speaking usually is at the top of the list. The, the thing people most fear is having to speak in public. Imagine that more than dogs, more than drowning, more than getting locked in a closet, more than whatever, uh, more than even more than dying with, of cancer. Can you imagine uh, the greatest fear in most surveys is a fear of public speaking. And of course, this is about all kinds of things. This is about personality. This is about suspicion of uh, criticism. This is about, of course, various forms of insecurity. Uh, and, and so let me just say quickly that obviously, if you're going to be a public speaker, you have to deal with the fear factor. And there are many, many ways to do it. I won't be able to exhaust them all today, but um, certainly the most important issue is to sit with somebody who knows what they're doing and understand where this fear comes from. Was their there humiliating experience in high school? Um, is there something uh, about you you think is horribly unattractive? Uh, have you ha- have you do have a speech impediment? Uh, all sorts of things. Most people's fear when it comes to speaking has to do with the room, the people who are there, the way folks look at them, and the way they're misinterpreting looks. 
And so I urge all kinds of things like wandering out into the crowd before a speech and shaking hands and getting to know some names, uh, things of that nature. There are lots of ways to overcome it, but you need to confront whatever your fear is about public speaking. Even if you're only half afraid, it can shape the way you speak. Uh, the second thing is, and this is exactly the same thing as in the area of writing, uh, everyone needs, everyone who's going to speak needs to develop an ear for speaking. You need to listen to the great speeches, uh, recordings of the great speeches. You need to listen to good speakers. Uh, you need to read speeches. You need to listen to people on TV. And we all have a good opportunity to do that. But most people who speak on TV aren't that great at it. And uh, so you need to listen to really good ones, really fine ones, really poetic ones. And frankly, the voice that you use to speak with publicly is a voice that you're going to hear first in your head. It's just like what I've said before about writing. There's an inner voice that prompts what you say. You've got to feed that inner voice. You've got to condition that inner voice so that you have good rhetoric and good phrasing uh, and even poetry in your mind and that you can find the, uh, the variations on that theme and be able to, 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 to really have a, a, a wide variety of, of, of language and approach. You can quiet down and, and say, hey, you all know what I'm talking about. Or you can go high rhetoric and, and quote great uh, Churchillian speeches. Everybody has to have that range and it comes from the ear. This next principle, this third principle, is one of the most important and one of the least discussed, and that is that you need to explore what we call the tele, T-E-L-A. It is from the Greek word that we put at the front of telephone or telegraph, and it means what's broadcast, what is transmitted, what you emit. When, when you are just standing, doing nothing, and looking at people, there's a certain message emitted from you. Uh, it can be a result of the fact that your eyes are somewhat hooded or deep set. It can be a result of the fact that uh, maybe you have uh, you have had bad acne and your skin looks a little rough and it makes you maybe you present to people that 's the phrase we use as a rough character when you 're not. Uh, who knows what it is? Maybe uh, you're, sh you're a s tiny woman and that people assume that you're they're going to hear a squeaky voice and nothing of substance. You, you understand what I mean. There are all kinds of ways people present. And most speakers are unaware of how they present. In fact, most people in the world, most people in business, most people in leadership, never have anyone be honest with them and say, you know, the, just the look on your face most of the time is like you're bored with me. Now, that is not going to inspire people <laughs> to follow you or to listen to you. So you need to, have, you need to have some people tell you how they, quote unquote, experience you. This, these need to be people who are not fans and friends and family and familiar with you. How do they experience with you? How do you present? Uh, how, how, you know, this has to be scripted somewhat because you have to get people you don't know. But, but if you're going to really train to be a good speaker, you're going to have to get somebody, some people to tell you how you present. What is it just about your natural look that sends a message? Because your speaking is going to have to either extend or correct or check that initial message. So the, so the third principle is know your tele. The third principle is fix your tele. What, what do I mean by that? Um, if, you, if you have a look that is a certain way, you're going to have to lean your speaking uh, to correct it or extend it, like I just said. What is it that you present with? For, for example, I'm, I'm a very uh, tall guy. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of heavy set. Um, I have uh, deep set eyes. Uh, I use my hands very expressively, 
Well, I have to know all that about myself. That may not be exciting to people. That may not be positive. Some of that may not be good. Um, there are other things about me. I speak rapidly. I speak like a Yankee. I tend to slur my words at times. I've just spoken enough that I know these things. Um, I need to know how that plays. I need to know how it plays in a certain culture. And then I need to fix it. Meaning, uh, if I need to calm down a little bit, Stephen, and talk to people calmly for just a few minutes in the talk before I get all animated, then that's something that gives them a moment to breathe and makes for a better speech. Um, then the, the, the fifth thing is you must find your natural style. Please hear me on this. Uh, as I watch the conventions, and I have actually coached some of the people who are speaking at these conventions, one of the things I notice is that they, some other folks have been overcoached and they have developed mannerisms and ways of speaking that are way apart from their natural personality. Now, if you just have a dull natural personality, and I don't think anybody really does when they really know themselves, uh, then you, have to, you may have to extend some things and be a little bit more animated. But man, you've got folks who are waving their hands and using voice inflections and hyper smiling and so on at the convention. And it just, it is all the character. Uh, that we all laugh about, about politicians and game show hosts. So you got to find your natural style and then you've got to feed your natural style. Not everybody has to be the same kind of speaker. Some are slower, maybe Southern, a little bit more drawl, a little bit more humor, a little bit more tuck your thumbs in your vest or your belt and tell a story. That's fine. Uh, some, are, some are sort of uh, Oprah-ish, maybe especially the women, you know, come on, girlfriends, you know what I'm talking about, that kind of talk. And it's a different style, and it's picking on yourself, and it's having fun. Um, some are more high rhetoric. Some are more intellectual. Know your style and correct it. Let me give you a quick example. Um, I've told you before, I believe one of my friends is Joel Osteen. Now, Joel Osteen has um, a one sort of, a, sort of an even personality. And, uh, and what you see is what you get. When Joel asks you to pass the salt, he goes, oh, Stephen, Stephen, I believe I'd like that salt right there. And that's, I mean, that's how Joel is. Well, he knows he doesn't have a real effusive personality. He knows he doesn't have a natural gift for humor. So if you watch Joel Osteen, what does he do every time when he starts talking? He, he, every Sunday, every single broadcast, he says, I always like to start off with something humorous. Well, okay. Now, no other speaker probably would do that. Most other speakers wouldn't. But Joel is making a joke on himself. He says, I, like, I always like to start off with something humorous. And then he tells a joke that's actually goofy. And everybody's laughing, and they're laughing at him, and they're laughing at how klutzy he can be. And you know what? He's won. That's the whole point. He's bringing them into, I am not just this slick preacher from this wealthy family in this great big 70,000 member or seat auditorium. Uh, I'm kind of a goofy Southern boy who's going to talk to you about Jesus. And he wins the moment by simply rounding out his natural style. And then there's a cycle that everybody must, everybody must work through. And that is you must practice. Uh, you, you, you must then actually perform. You must speak and speak a lot. And you must have feedback. The greatest revolutions uh, that I've been able to produce by God's grace in the lives of the folks I have coached certainly have come from the tele and the natural style and so on, but it's come from instituting onto congressional staffs and senatorial staffs and even the, even the, 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 the peeps and the posse of, of rock stars feedback. I, in one office, I said, every speech this person makes, they get feedback. They get live feedback. They get written feedback for six months. And once that was done, I'm telling you, it changed dramatically. Most of us don't see ourselves. We don't know how we present. We need help. Uh, my wife, Bev, often gives me feedback. I am stunned 
by what she says. Of course she's right, but she will say you have looked to the left side of the room. You never once looked to the right. Well, that's just bad speech making, but I have no idea. I would never have known it. It never crossed my mind. Or I'll say things like, you see what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Over and over and over to the point of distraction. Uh, or uh, some speakers do uh a lot. Whatever it is, when you're speaking, when your mind's engaged, you don't know until somebody holds up a mirror. You know, in fact, when you look in a mirror, you're not even really seeing yourself accurately. I think I think we all know that, that the re- image is kind of reversed. So my, my point is that you've got to be a good speaker. You got to work at it. You got to work at who you are naturally. You have to have people speaking bluntly to you about your tele. You have to f- feed an inner ear that feeds your rhetoric. But you absolutely must have some people who love you enough to be brutally honest with you and help you become the effective communicator that you can become. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN, and a blogger for a number of leading online news services. His groundbreaking books on faith and American society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Mormonizing of America, and the soon-to-be-released Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.